Hey guys, it's John Wheeler and welcome to The Greatest Show on Earth. That's right, our podcast, The Greatest Show on Earth. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but nevertheless, today we're going to be talking about the 10 keys to success. What? The 10 keys to success? That's right, the 10 keys to success. Today, I spill the beans on what it takes to be successful because there is this illusion There's this misconception, there is this myth that to be successful, you have to be the smartest or the hardest worker or the most talented. And none of those are true, guys. None of those are true, I promise you. The real thing that determines your success is your attitude. And so these 10 keys to success were adopted by me from my old partner, Ron Himmelgarn, Remember Ron Himmelgarn? He's the guy who had 400 fitness clubs, sold them for $200 million. And this guy, man, he grew up dirt poor and worked his way right from that very, very, very poor lifestyle right into a multi-million dollar lifestyle. He barely finished high school, didn't go to college, but, you know, he just had this great attitude and... I don't know, man. There's something very special about Ron. I talked talk about him a lot in my courses. But for this podcast, we want to talk about and take a look at Ron's 10 Keys to Success, which I've used over the last 15, 20 years. And remember, guys, it's called 10 Keys to Success. So if you want to be successful, then I'm telling you, you really need to uh, to follow these. Now, you'll find that some of these you're very weak at, And some of these you're probably pretty good at. You don't have to write any of these down. I can post them on our blog or I can email them out to you. You can always contact support at 595mentor.com and they will send you a copy. Or you can contact me, john at 595mentor.com. Always happy to hear from you. So let's get into it. Number one of the 10 keys to success is be honest. Now, You may be saying to yourself, be honest. Interesting. Okay. How does that affect my success? Well, there's a couple things. Number one, nobody likes a liar. Nobody likes people who walk around lying and BSing everybody. So it's very important to be honest with people and be transparent and just be who you are. That's what people are going to buy. That's what people are going to believe in. People are just going to believe in who you are, right? So that's super important. But there's a double meaning to the double meaning to this too. And the other meaning is be honest with yourself. That's right, be honest with yourself. A lot of people lie to themselves. A lot of people BS themselves. A lot of people talk about and fake their way into how hard they're working or how positive they are, which is all crap. So be honest with yourself. Now there's a great thing, and that is The mirror does not lie. That's right. The mirror does not lie. You can actually go look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I doing the best I can? That mirror is going to give you a real answer. So it's important, guys. Be honest with yourself. Are you really working hard? Do you really want success? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself. And they're really important questions in your success. That's why it's number one. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with everybody, of course. Be transparent. Be who you are. But be honest with yourself. You really have to ask yourself, 
if you're doing everything you can to be successful. Okay. Number two. Numero two. Duh. Is know your talents. Know your talents. Now, this is an incredible one. I've met a lot of people over the years, and I mean a lot of people. And often, a lot of these people really don't understand how good they are. They don't understand how talented they are. They don't understand how capable they are. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just a lack of self-esteem from growing up or going back to childhood days. I really honestly don't know. But a lot of people that I talk to, I'm just astounded at how good they really are and how much potential they have. But they don't know their own talents. They don't believe in themselves and they don't think they can do it. So it's very important that you know your talents. I'm sure, I guarantee you, somewhere within within yourself, you are amazing at a lot of things. Okay, recognize that talent. Know your talents. Number three, live with enthusiasm. Live with enthusiasm. One of my favorite things because, again, when we talk about success, all being attitude-driven, the negativity that I get back from people drive me crazy. Why are you being negative for? I actually don't understand it. I don't understand the negativity. I don't understand why you're not excited about life. Why you're not enthusiastic about your potential and your upcoming future and your upcoming success. So guys, be enthusiastic, okay? Live your life with enthusiasm. See the joy in everything. Everything. And I know it sounds crazy, but I mean, did you ever stop and just look at the sky and the clouds and the sunset and the sunrise? I know it sounds a little wacky, but does it sound wacky? I don't even know if it does sound wacky. The other day I was driving my daughter and we saw the most beautiful sunset. In fact, the week before that, she sent me a picture of a rainbow. And it was a huge double rainbow that expanded. Wow, it was huge. It was like pretty much like looked like it was across the whole city. That's cool. But it doesn't matter whether you're looking at that. It doesn't matter whether you're looking at work. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But be enthusiastic, guys. Be positive. Get rid of that negativity. There's this awesome thing, and that is you can't have two emotions at the same time. So you can't be positive and negative at the same time. So keep yourself positive. Keep yourself enthusiastic. It shouldn't be that hard, to be honest with you. But apparently it is for many people. All right, number four in the countdown is... Always look eye to eye and never look down on people. Now, this is very interesting. Some people struggle with this. A lot of people struggle with this. And it's almost like the exact opposite of number two, which is know your talents. Number four, always look eye to eye, never look down on people. Guys, every single person that you deal with every day, whether it's the bum on the street or the president of the United States of America, You can learn something from everybody. Okay? You can learn something from everybody. And when you understand that, you become much closer to your goals of success because you're learning, you're absorbing, you're getting better, you're improving yourself. Other people are teaching you things. 
Now, if you say to me, well, what can I learn from the bum on the street? Well, you can learn a lot. Think about it. Here's a guy who's living on the street, who has no job, who's getting his money from presumably begging, stealing. I don't know. But the point is, look at the survival survival skills. Could you live on the street? I, I couldn't. Now, I'm not saying I want you to model, model your life after the bum, but I am telling you that you can learn something from everybody. And so whether you, so whether it's somebody in your family, whether it's a coworker, really doesn't matter. Learn from everybody. Be a sponge, pick up things and improve yourself. Okay. So always look eye to eye. And by the way, half these things have double meanings. And so when we talk about always look eye to eye, we're also talking about eye contact. The bigger picture on number four, always look eye to eye, is not about eye contact per se. It's more about never look down on people. Look at everybody as your equal. But yes, definitely, when you're talking, look people in the eye. Don't look away. Don't look down. All right, moving along, we have number five, and that is assume your full share of responsibility. Oh, my God. Oh, baby. You know, having so many staff, having 200 staff when we had the fitness clubs, I'm telling you something. The excuses that I heard, oh, my God, like I could have wrote a book. Sometimes we'd have the club open late. Oh, well, it's not my fault. My alarm clock didn't go off. What? What do you mean it's not your fault? Your alarm clock didn't go off and it's not your fault. Well, of course it's your fault. You're supposed to open the club in time. Had a bad day. Well, it's not my fault. It was raining out. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. When you start getting better, when you start getting stronger, when you start learning, when you start becoming more successful... You learn how to assume your full share responsibility. And one of the reasons, and, and I think probably the biggest reason why it's so important to assume your full share responsibility is because when you do that, you grow. When you do that, you learn. And hopefully you don't make the same mistake twice. I mean, it's okay if you do. These things happen, but it's very important very important to assume your full share responsibility and make the corrections. If the club opens late because your alarm clock didn't go off, what do you do? Nothing and just go, oh, it wasn't my fault. My stupid alarm didn't go off. No, maybe you set two alarm clocks. Okay, but you only solve those problems. You only become better when you take that responsibility. You'll never be successful. You'll never be a leader unless you assume your responsibility, assume your full share of responsibility. Like, why is something not getting done? Okay, you know what? It's my fault. It's because I didn't do it. Why didn't I do it? You know, there's no reason. There's no reason. I was just lazy and I didn't do it. That'd be assuming your full share of responsibility. But to blame other people or to say, oh, you know, I didn't do it because oh, my wife was making noise and I couldn't record my webinar. Like, I hear these things all the time. It's outrageous. I couldn't do it because I was too tired. 
I couldn't do it because I'd take my kid to school. I couldn't do it because I had no money to buy a microphone. Whatever. Guys, stop the excuses. So assume your full share responsibility. We are halfway through. And number six is be disciplined and determined. Oh my goodness. Now I love to use weight loss as my examples. It's so important. And I think that the weight loss examples are a direct correlation to examples of success. And of course, losing weight is about success, right? If you can lose 10 pounds, you're successful. If you can lose 100 pounds, you're highly successful. And so business is the same way. It's about being disciplined and determined. You have to be very, very, very disciplined to be successful and very determined. That means setting your goals, focusing on your goals, and the discipline of having those habits, the habits that make you successful, and staying away from the habits that don't, and we all have those, and the determination of wanting to do it. And so it reminds me of the book um, by Napoleon Hill, which is Think and Grow Rich. And Think and Grow Rich is a chapter in there. It's my favorite chapter. And it's about attitude, and it's about belief, and it's about dedication. But it's about faith, right? It's about believing that you can do it. Believing with every single part of your body that you can do it. Having no doubt at all. And that's sort of the determination that you need. But the discipline goes with the determination because you can sit there and be determined all you want. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I believe I can do it. But if you don't do anything about it, if you don't have those good habits, if you're not disciplined enough to study and to learn, then it doesn't really matter, does it? So number six, being disciplined and determined. By the way, if you have not read Napoleon Hill's book, and this book is like from the 1920s, but if you've not read it, they can grow rich. It is a life and game changer. It's something you should have read multiple times, and it will change your life. Okay, guys, number seven, don't cling to the past. Don't cling to the past. I'm telling you, I have seen so many people who cannot get over their failures and cannot get over what happened yesterday, what happened last month, what happened last year, what happened 10 years from now. 10 years of sorrow, 10 years of regret, 10 years of not letting things go. So guys, do not cling to the past. It doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? Because there's nothing you can do about it. What is the saying? Yesterday's no, yesterday's news is today's garbage. Now, of course, that goes back to the newspaper days. You guys don't even know what newspapers are, half of you. Talk to a 21-year-old about reading the newspaper. He has no clue what you're talking about. God, it's crazy. But anyways, uh, let's get back to don't cling to the past. What you did yesterday, what happened to you yesterday? Now, by the way, guys, this is good and bad because you can live in your glory years, right? You can be 40 years old talking about what a great football star you were in high school. Who gives a crap? That was a long time ago. Where are you today and what are you today? So good or bad, it does not matter. Do not cling to the past. 
There's nothing you can do to change the past. Not a thing. But what you do today changes your future. Your actions, your attitudes, your beliefs all change the future. So don't live in the past. Don't cling to the past. Let it go, good or bad. Move on and keep it going. All right, moving on to number eight. Don't worry about problems. Solve them. Probably one of the biggest issues that I have with students is how negative and how down they get when problems arise. And I'm not sure why. Because problems are, well, problems are just an everyday part of life. You're always going to have problems. Always, always, always. And the more successful you get and the bigger you get, the more problems you're going to have. So I used to say that my job when we had the fitness chain was really just as a firefighter. That's all I did all day long was put out problems. In fact, the job was sort of crappy because at my level, people come to me when there's a problem that can't be solved. You have a manager, they'll deal with a problem. If the manager can't deal with a problem, they'll go to the regional manager. If the regional manager can't deal with a problem, they'll go to the VP. Then if the VP can't solve the problem, then you know the shit's hit the fan and they come into me. But you don't worry about the problem, you just solve them. So many people get stuck on their problems and can't get out of their own head. But you know what's crazy? For every single problem that exists in your life, and sometimes they are huge, I'm not going to deny that. Sometimes the problems are big. But for every single problem that you face, there's a solution. And sometimes the solution is better and puts you in a better position than where you were before the problem happened. So don't worry about problems. Everything always works out. Just solve them. All right, I got a fun one for you now. And we are on number nine. Don't let your possessions possess you. Oh. Don't let your possessions possess you. There's a lot of people out there that the second they get money, they're outspending it. And that's a big problem, guys. That's a big problem. Don't let your possessions possess you. Money and things are not going to make you happy. Those are just the trophies to your success. What's going to make you happy is success. What's going to make you happy is accomplishments. What's not going to make you money in any way whatsoever are material things. Maybe you don't believe me, but trust me. The people who spend all their money on material things and have no money left over, how much happiness did they really get? How much happiness do you get from a $25,000, $30,000, $50,000 watch, for instance, $100,000 watch? Me personally? And yes, I've been down that road before. And that's probably why I can tell you, not that I ever let my possessions possess me, but I've spent money that I probably shouldn't have spent on things, especially with cars, my big weakness. But think about this. You could take 50 grand and instead of buying that watch, that Rolex, you could take 50 grand and invest it and turn that $50,000 investment into a hundred or $150,000 investment. 
So don't let your possessions possess you. And this really revolves around not if you have a lot of money. You know, if you have $20, $30 million and you want to go ahead and buy a $5,000 or something, okay, that's cool. But it's when you make your first $5,000 and you go and spend that whole $5,000, that's when you're letting your possessions possess you. That's when you're trying to buy something to make yourself happy. But buying things and having things do not make you happy. Success makes you happy. And if you think money makes you happy, okay, fine. Then save your money and have more of it. But don't let your possessions possess you. And there's a lot of stories uh, with this, you know. Um, I'm just trying to debate whether to tell you these stories or not. Okay, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. And I hate to tell them because really they're kind of internal stories. But anyways, let me let me tell you. So when my partner Ron Himmelgarn had these fitness clubs, he sold them, of course, as you know, 400 clubs for $200 million. Oh boy. And he sold these clubs and they asked him to stay on for one year as a consultant, which he did. Now, Ron made a lot of people rich because he had a lot of guys there that were very high up and helped build the chain with him, those 400 clubs. Some of them had some shares and so on. So a lot of people got a lot of money. And one of the guys, uh, he went to visit him. Actually, he was calling him for like a week. And the guy wasn't returning his calls, which is unusual. But anyways, you know, the guy got kind of soft and got a little lazy because he got a big fat check. So Ron flew down to meet him. Ron, the guy picked him up at the airport in a Rolls Royce. And then he drove Ron over to his house and he bought this big, huge ranch, this big farm with cattle and everything on it. Multi-million dollar ranch. And in the garage, he had a Porsche and he had some other car and a motorcycle. And Ron, I mean, Ron gave him the money when they sold the clubs, so he knows how much money the guy had. And Ron also knows how much a ranch is, and Ron knows how much a Rolls Royce and a Porsche and so on is. And he looked at him and he said, man, he goes, what are you doing? Like, what do you know about cattle? Because yeah, but Ron, I always wanted to own a farm. Ron just kind of shook his head and he goes, you know, you basically spent all your money on this stuff. He goes, oh, no, no, Ron, this is great. This is great. You know, it's like I'm living the dream. I, I, I lived my whole life for this. And Ron looked at him. He said, son, you're in trouble. He goes, no, don't worry, Ron. It's like it's all under control. Anyways, a couple months later, the guy <laughs> foreclosed on his house. Couldn't afford, couldn't afford the mortgage payments. Had to sell his rolls and stuff like that. Because, you know, everybody thinks that money's never going to stop coming. And this guy just overextended himself. He had a chunk of change. Man, he could have taken that chunk of change, invested it, lived nicely, even taken a little bit and put it aside, but nope. He went and blew basically every single penny. And then he was relying on a salary to live. And unfortunately, that dwindled, dwindled down. A new company came in, they made some changes, and his salary just wasn't what it was. Anyways, a couple months after that... The guy calls up Ron, he's all depressed, and he's like, man, I'm 50-something, and I worked my whole life, my whole life I worked to get to the stage, and I lost it all. And Ron's like, yeah, it's okay, man. He goes, you know, we can get it back real, real quick. You don't have to worry about that. The next day, the guy killed himself. The guy killed himself. 
Now, it's absolutely crazy that money was a driving factor in the death of this guy. He works his whole life to make money. He makes the money. He spends every freaking penny of it on stupid shit. And he ended up just killing himself. So that's certainly an extreme example of don't let your possessions possess you. But guys, I think you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've been there yourself. Don't let things ruin you. Whether it's a fancy house or it's a fancy car or whatever it is. Control yourself. Don't let possessions possess you. And number Ten of the ten keys to success is pray consistently for dreams do come true. Now, I don't care if you pray to God and I don't care if you pray to Allah. I don't care who you pray to. You can be Buddhist. It doesn't matter. It's not even about praying to a God per se, although that works too. It's about believing in your success. And every single day, whether it's when you go to bed at night or when you get up in the morning or when you get up in the morning and when you go to bed at night, you have to consistently dream and hope and pray that all your dreams come true. Okay? You have to believe it with all your soul. You have to hope with all your soul. You have to want it with all your soul. It has to consume you. Okay, it has to consume you. You have to want it bad. And I think when we talk about who are the successful people, are they the people who are the smartest? Are they the people who work the hardest? No. We've talked about that a million times, right? We talked about it earlier on at the beginning of the podcast. The people who are the most successful are the ones who want it the most. They're the ones who want it the most. I remember when I was on the police force and I wanted to be on the SWAT team so bad. I did everything I could to get in that team because there was only 12 guys in this very, very elite unit. And to get in, you had to be sponsored by somebody to get in. And I didn't know anybody on the SWAT team. So what did I do? I started calling them out for calls that were kind of not really tactically related. But I wanted to talk to them. I wanted them to see my face. I wanted them to know me. So I remember I have this one call where this pit bull attacked a German Shepherd guard dog. This idiot had thrown the pit bull over the warehouse fence. It was like a warehouse. The warehouse was patrolled by one German Shepherd. So this guy's walking his pit bull, throws his pit bull over the fence, so he could watch the pit bull and the German shepherd fight. And the freaking pit bull destroyed the German shepherd, man. Holy crap. And it was a gory sight. There was freaking blood everywhere. Anyways, we knew who owned this pit bull. It was this dirtbag down on the lakeshore. Not that, not that you know where the lakeshore is. But anyways, in a seedy area, crappy area of town. And to be honest with you, I really didn't want to go in and arrest this guy with his pit bull. Although... I was, wouldn't say I was scared. I could have just shot the dog. I don't care. But I thought, hey, here's a good chance to call the tactical unit and let them come out. Because, of course, they had major league specialty weapons. And um, there's also like four guys working that night. So four guys driving around in the in the tactical van. 
and I called him out. The other time, you know, I remember wanting it so bad, all the guys would go out after work. So after our block of shifts, so we'd work like four shifts, then get three days off. Then we work like three shifts and get two days off. And then we work like seven days and get six days off. So after every block, everybody would always go out together. But not me. When I was training for the task unit, I would run, I'd work out, I would train. I would train twice a day. I mean, I knew that those tactical um, recruiting, whatever, whatever you call it, things were coming up physical. The physical was coming up and I wanted to blow everybody away. I wanted them to notice me. I wanted them to go, oh my God, who is that guy? It's like he's in the best shape I've ever seen. And so I train and train and train. And I remember the guys driving by me a couple times because I would leave from work from the police station and I'd just go run. And the guys would leave from the police station that'd go out. So there'd be like four cars that'll be honking, Wheeler, Wheeler, let's go, let's go. I'm just laughing anyways. I just wanted it so bad. Every day I dreamt about it. And I remember, and I still have it, of course, there's a tactical ring. And when you get on the tactical unit, you get a ring. And I remember when I was tired or when I didn't want to do it, I would always think about having that ring on my finger, that tactical ring that only 12 people at a time could have. And so when you want something bad enough, you have to really want it. That's one of the keys, if not the single biggest key to your success, is to want it so bad. So pick your goal, pick your dream, and never let it go. And that, my friends, is the 10 keys to success. If you want a copy, hit up support at 595mentor.com and uh, customer service will send you a copy. Read Think and Grow Rich. And if you want a copy of Think and Grow Rich, email us as well. That's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And guys, those are the 10 keys to success. I hope you have a wonderful day and start following those 10 keys to success. Why? Well, they're called the 10 keys to success, not the 10 keys to being average. So if you want to be successful, follow them. Have a great day, guys, and we will talk to you later. 